Greetings, my marvelous mutts, and welcome to another exciting mini-sode this week. I'm Rob Asercha. I'm Devin Shepard. And I'm David B. Jacobs. And we are Cadaver Dogs. And I gotta tell you, I am so stoked this week. We're finally doing the episode that you've been wanting to do for like <laughs> months. <laughs> no, I think a year. I think I mentioned this before we started recording. <laughs> In fact, my last podcast, I was trying to do this one. Those motherfuckers wouldn't do it either. And it was just like, oh, it just kept getting put off. And I'm so excited. So how are you guys doing today? Okay. The Oscars are today? I know we're recording this a little early. They are. But... Yeah, we're recording. Oh, they are. I haven't seen like any movie in the Oscars. I don't know anything. Yeah, same. Yeah. David's I... like the opposite. David's like, I think David's our resident Oscar person. He is. We're actually going to watch it at his house. How are you, David? I'm great. I'm an uncle. You're an uncle now. <laughs> oh my God. I'm sorry. I screamed into the microphone. Oh my God. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I know. You blew my eardrums. Wow. I'm sorry. I it's forgot. Okay. I got really I'll, excited. I'll never hear his uh, niece nephew speak now. <laughs> As of the time of this recording, my niece, Shayna Audrey Grossman, is one day, seven hours, and 28 minutes old. Wow. <laughs> oh, so she's a, she's a little late one. David and I were hanging out last week, last weekend, and you were like, yeah. I could be an uncle at any second. Yes, and now I am. And now you are. <laughs> oh, congrats, wow. dude. That's so exciting. Thank you. It's good. Healthy little baby. Little one. Is mommy Okay. She is, yes. Um, they're they're still at the hospital. We'll be heading back tomorrow. She's finally able to get some sleep after all that labor. Um, and yeah, we're all my family and I are going to be heading up later this week to meet the baby. Awesome. Are they still coronials if they're born now? Wait, coronials is a thing. Yeah, like Corona. I haven't heard that. You haven't heard coronials, no. people who are conceived during coronavirus? Oh, God. You haven't heard that? No. My no. wife, well, before we were married, it was the joke that we were going to have a coronial because it was during quarantine. And I don't know if it's specific to quarantine because technically we're still <laughs> dealing with COVID-19. Rob, I can't handle you talking about a baby. I'm still wrapping around the idea that you're married. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's, uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Oh, my it, God. It, it's annoying. I think when we have a ba baby, I got to put away my Pokemon, you know, fine. Finally. <laughs> a little cadaver pup. Yes. I, I'm I'm very excited someday to just start showing Shayna all these horror movies while her parents are out and then we won't tell them. And you I guys know. won't either. <laughs> yes. Wait, I have a question off of that and then I swear we can start. But okay. what would be the first horror movie and at what age? It has to be something child friendly. So I mean yeah, you have your intros like no, no. <laughs> I was thinking more like probably gremlins or something. Oh, that's oh, a good one. That's a good that's one. That's a good yeah. one. Yeah. Because I got in trouble for showing my little, well, I guess my cousin's baby, Jurassic Park and giving her nightmares. <laughs> yeah, that was fucking scary. <laughs> Jurassic Park is scary. But I was, she was like five or six and I was like, you can handle it. It's like I saw well, it when I was that hopefully age. Hopefully her parents will show her Jurassic Park without me needing to. Mm, uh, that's good. <laughs> good point. Well, my, my cousin used to show me the horror movies when I was like a baby. So I'm like, nice. you're right back at you. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so fuck mm -hmm. off. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And she was like, God, she had nightmares. She can't watch that. And then she came back. She was like, 
Robbie, Uncle Robbie, can we watch Jurassic Park again? And I was like, yeah. So then I showed it to her. Because <laughs> you didn't finish it. Yes. She is hooked. You got her. No, I did. Now she's 13. I got her a poster of like all the iconic horror movie people like Jason Voorhees and Michael Myers and Hellraiser. And they're all like all their faces are lined up. There's like 10 people on there. It's pretty cool. Oh, that's brilliant. (laughs) Yep. Definitely going to have to do that for Mm -hmm. David's niece. Shana. Yeah. Yeah. Shana. So I think uh, baby talk aside, which I'm super excited for you, David. That's awesome news. Congratulations. Devin has a really important announcement concerning the pod. Yes. Well, we all have an important announcement. This one's going to be pretty big, so stick with us. Just recently, you know, as you can hear, all of us have a lot of lives going on outside of the podcast. We're not leaving. I promise you. This is not a we're ending the podcast conversation. Um, This is a we're going to rearrange how we're releasing the podcast conversation. We just find ourselves a little busy outside of the pod. And what we want to do is make more time in order to make these episodes better for you guys. And then as you can see, we haven't done a mini-sode in a while. I'm happy to be back here. We want to be doing more of those. So we want to give more time to be able to record those, do those with fun guests. Uh, We're really excited to bring them back later this year. And in order to do that, we're going to be limiting our main episodes to once a month. Yeah. So more or less, our release schedule is going to change a little bit. We're going to be releasing full episodes on the first Thursday of the month and a mini so usually around the third Thursday of the month, which might change a little bit as we might get five Thursdays in a month for those strange ones. Yeah, it's just going to be fewer episodes, but hopefully better episodes as well. I mean, you guys all know I had to skip an episode a few months ago just because I was too busy with work. And that's what happens. When we started this podcast, it was still in the middle of quarantine when we had basically nothing else going on. And now all of our work schedules have picked up. Uh, We're allowed to have social lives again. (laughs) (laughs) We actually want to hang out with each other outside of recording, which we do so rarely because we're recording. (laughs) Well, well, you guys are allowed to have social lives. Married life, I'm not. (laughs) Rob has to be married. I I have a niece. There you go. And I am here. (laughs) Right on. And just to be clear, this will start happening this month. So the Birdemic Plan 9 episode will be the only main episode for the month of April. And then in May, the first Thursday in May, we will have our next episode. And then every month after that. So yeah, so please bear with us, guys. And I think you're going to enjoy the new release schedule. So this week... I got to tell you, I'm so excited for this shit because like, I've been trying to do this for basically a year and a half. Today, I have to announce our favorite kills in horror movies ever. Our top three. Starting us off this week is Dave B. Jacobs with his number three kill. Yes. So my number three kill, I went back and forth a bit on this one. Um, I was also looking at a, a less famous movie, but I know this is a slightly controversial film. But I'm going with Jason Takes Manhattan, Friday the 13th, Part 8, specifically the death of Julius, played by V.C. Dupree. So for those of you who haven't seen the movie or for those of you who need a reminder, this is the guy who they're on a rooftop in Manhattan and Julius uh, decides that he's going to fight Jason one on one. And he's got like boxing experience. So he starts boxing Jason. And he just like starts punching him in the torso and the head repeatedly over and over again. (laughs) Jason literally just stands there. He doesn't even put his hands up. He doesn't try to block anything. And each punch, he just like 
takes a step back and that's it. And it basically doesn't phase him. And this keeps going for, I kid you not, two entire minutes of just Julius punching Jason and Jason stepping back slightly with each punch as Julius just keeps trying and just gets more and more exhausted <laughs> until finally he's like, his swings aren't even connecting now. He's just like, okay, your best shot, give it. And then Jason grabs him by the shirt collar and uppercuts him. And then Julius's head flies off his body and lands in a dumpster in the alleyway beneath. Oh my God. It remains hilarious no matter how many times you watch it. <laughs> J- Jason Ropadopes Julian to, de- to decapitation. Uh, that's so funny you mention that because it's the only kill I remember of that movie. So it must be the best one in the movie. It's just so perfect. It's so wonderful. That is so funny that you that's picked that one. So intense. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. Um, yeah. But now I'm more inclined to see it. It's it's glorious. Well, I, I personally prefer the later Friday the 13th movies when they stop taking themselves seriously. I think they're just so much fun and absurd. <laughs> yeah. I don't care much for the earlier ones that are more serious. I, I find them kind of dull. Yeah, a popular opinion, actually. My favorite, and I think the best Jason Voorhees movie is Jason 10, Jason X. That's not a popular opinion, but I somewhat agree. Uh, my favorite is part six, which is the first one, then they yeah. really stop taking themselves seriously. Jason X is like my number two or three. Like I, I love yeah. Jason X. <laughs> I, I think Jason six is actually a lot of people's favorite because it, it like goes six back to the formula. Yeah. yeah. Kip Devin. I'm just, I'm... I'm not a, I don't know. I haven't seen anything in the franchise, really. Really? Really? Oh, we should do yeah. a, uh, I think I have the whole collection. I've seen number one. Yeah, I do. That's it. I'm I'm but not a franchise person. You play the I, game. I do though. play the game. I do yeah. play the game. Yeah. Well, p- part one, somewhat controversial opinion, but not that unpopular. Uh, Friday the 13th, part one kind of sucks. So. <laughs> and maybe that's why I haven't explored the others. I don't know. I just like, yeah, was never really attracted to go any further. Yeah. I, I kind of like part one, but uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, for our next number three, Devin, what, what do you pick? Yeah, I think I, I approach this very differently from you guys. So uh, <laughs> this is going to be interesting. I kind of went with a more artsy approach. Big surprise. Um, so I looked back at the kills that like really resonated with me for years later. So my number three is from the original Omen. And oh. it is the kill where the photographer is speared by the church spire. And if you remember, it falls off of the building and stabs him through basically his entire body to the point where the shot is him standing up dead with this spear through him, like staked into the ground. And I always just thought it was like such a beautiful image. Mm. (laughs) And it was just something that like really lasted with me. And I think was like probably the first time that I saw a horror film and was like, oh, these can be like beautiful art pieces. Mm you know, through this kill scene. <laughs> I, I think that's really cool. That's kind of like, um, uh, David would hate this movie, but the house that Jack built is all about uh, a kind of a serial uh, killer staging art pieces with his deaths. Yeah. And they yeah. even like project like, you know, it's far in front here, So he's a pompous asshole, which makes him great. But he like photo projects a like art piece on top of a dead body in one scene. 
And it's kind of like your your pick is making me uh, think of that. Yeah. I mean, it's very Hannibal Lecter, right? And it's very, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's very serial killing. But this one is the devil, dude. Yeah. The devil is an artist, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it's But the omen it, is a great pick. I I I that's a fantastic movie and that's a really memorable scene. And they predict it, right? Because they have like these photographs predict the death, so you are kind of expecting something. Yeah, it's it's done really well in that he is a photographer and the more pictures that he takes of himself, the spear gets or the spire or whatever it is gets more and more prominent in the photos. So originally it starts off as a small fade. And then um, right before he dies, you see it as like a totally solid piece going through the latest photo of his that he developed of himself. It's like Final Destination 3. Yeah. (laughs) It's exactly like that. They took it from the omen. I don't know if I saw Final D3. The roller coaster one with Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Yeah. All I saw was the scene where she's stuck in the tanning booth, which is disgusting. Which is great. I considered that one, but it's on my list. Yeah, that's a a really gross kill. All right, Rob, what about you? Yeah, so my number three is a very iconic kill, and I'm not sure if either of you had seen it, but it's Lucio Fulgi's crucifixion, chain slashing, and acid death from the beyond, the opening kill (laughs) of the movie, which is just the most gratuitously bloody fucking disgusting scene you've ever seen. They nail this guy's hands to a wall, they whip him with a chain and then they throw acid on his face. Yeah, oh I remember hanging out with you one time and you were like, David, you have to watch this scene. And then we just like put it up on, we literally just watched the opening. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, okay, Rob. Okay. I did watch the whole movie at some point. Uh, <laughs> it's it's a really interesting kind of like artsy movie. It has all the baffling character decisions you'd expect of characters <laughs> being like, the end of the world is like happening in a day or two. And then- following it up with just some like conversation about trivial nonsense sounds that, very bulgy. <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's like like the gates of hell is other movie i i think there's a scene where they're like going on they're driving across country to where the gates of hell are opening and the main character says the other one she's oh i'm just so exhausted and i can't believe the world's gonna end soon he goes yeah i know and she's like well what do you want to get to eat and he's like hmm not sure and then like the scene ends <laughs> very Rob Pick. It's a very Rob yeah, Pick. Yeah. It's perfect. <laughs> a- anyway, The Beyond might be Folgy's best movie next to Zombie. So I, I suggest watching it for any horror fan because it's just really fucking cool and has amazing kills. And there's like a spider kill scene where a bunch of spiders eat somebody. You got to watch that. Damn. Hate that one. Hate that one. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Like, I'm good. I don't like bugs. Yeah, you wouldn't like the maggot scene in uh, The Gates of Hell either when... Uh, the bunch of maggots flying her face out the window. The poor mm. actress. They just shot maggots all over. Like like thousands of maggots. They, like real maggots. They're just shooting them at her. It's I totally would do gross. that. I would do that. I could do it. It's oh, gross yeah. to look at, but I think I could do it in person. That'd be fine. Some people eat maggots. <laughs> yeah. I've I've had them. Yeah. They're yeah. There's there's a, a scene with that in I won't tell you actually, because it's it's not a big spoiler. It's a small little scene. But there is a scene with eating maggots in something that I watched recently. And I was just like, oh, my God. <laughs> well, that, that also happens in uh, The Lost Boys. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. yeah. yeah I, I don't think he actually eats them. Yeah. So, so David, um, I, I had the most trouble with this pick. But what's your number two? Uh, this actually kind of piggybacks on our conversation right now. Because I picked Debbie as played by Brooke Theis. Theis? I'm not sure I pronounced that. In 
A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4, Dream Master. Dude, the Roach Hotel? Yeah. <laughs> the Roach oh, Motel. Uh, <laughs> Have you you've that, both seen uh, the scene, right? Yeah. No. Oh, it's awesome. <laughs> David, explain okay. what happens. Ba- basically, this character is afraid of roaches. We've established this early in the movie, so we're all expecting her to be killed by roaches in some way. And then what happens, she's also like an exercise junkie. So you see her, she's working out, she's bench pressing a thing, and it holds on that for longer than it needs to. And then Freddy shows up above her and he grabs it. He's like, no pain, no gain. And he starts pushing the weight down until her arms snap off and are replaced by cockroach arms that start reaching out of her. No. And then the scene progresses as she... (laughs) <laughs> transmogrifies into a cockroach no. No. and finds herself in one of those roach motel traps in a glue trap and she no. is now pinned to the ground churning into a giant bug and then freddy just takes the motel and squishes it in his hand wow yeah that's pretty it dope that's pretty dope but insane disgusting. It is absolutely disgusting i've had nightmares inspired by the scene in adulthood um yeah. the glue trap is like really disturbing <laughs> it is. anything that has to do with the glue trap i'm like no yeah the, the, it's... yeah it's a super disturbing scene it's a practical effects marvel like it is absolutely outstanding it looks so fucking good it makes the movie worth watching actually i agree i i it's a very fun movie overall i think it is I, upon rewatching these movies a few times, it's actually my least favorite of the Robert England Freddy movies, but I still hmm. enjoy it. It's still very fun. I hate I have to say the Robert England Freddy movies. That should just yeah, be a that's given. awful. But I agree with yeah. you. I think it's the lowest point of the franchise, barring the remake. Yeah. Oh wait, did someone else play Freddy besides Robert England? Yeah, the dude who no. plays Rorschach in uh, what? The, no, that didn't happen in in the remake. What remake of? Oh, there's yeah, no remake oh there's oh, no remake okay yeah yeah okay because i got really confused i was like why do you would you have to specify the rubber england ones of course just, okay thank <laughs> yeah. you for clarifying and oh yeah you're clear, right I said, there aren't awful. any others <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah okay great if any movie should be removed from history it's that one <laughs> just just remove it please but uh <laughs> devin what's your number two okay my number two went back with a classic had to go into Scream, going with the one that honestly was just like made me terrified for years to come, the garage door from the first Scream. Nice. Hell yeah. It's just, I'm not going to reveal who the character is just for some reason if someone out there has not yet seen Scream, like go watch it right (laughs) now. I don't know what you're doing. But yeah, they're in the garage. Such a great scene already. But then trying to scramble out of that doggy door and then getting their head crushed by the garage door. <laughs> oh, just the sound. It it terrified me for years. Did I run away from my garage door? Yes. Was I too terrified to go under it at any point? Yes. It's it's just one that was done so well that like it actually led into fear in my life. So that is my number two. That is such a fantastic scene. Um, I consider that one too. It would be in my top ten. For sure. I love that scene. Oh, my God. And it's like one of those scenes, too, where, I mean, my favorite thing about Ghostface is that he's fallible, right? And you mm-hmm. see you see Ghostface fuck up in that scene. 
And I was like, yeah. yes, this is great. It's not an all powerful being like Jason and Freddie and, and Michael Myers are in their first of the slasher franchise films. Yeah. She's like throwing bottles at him and whatnot, and he's falling over. He's staggering back and whatnot. He falls, able to yeah. trip him. Uh, she actually has a fighting chance, and it makes you think for a moment that she's going to overpower him. Right? Yeah, exactly. And you think that she's going to get away. And then she just and decides she to go out the doggy door, which is like, oh, man, ah. you, were, you were doing so well. <laughs> you were doing so well. <laughs> so well. That, that's a great scene because it plays on the trope of characters making idiotic decisions. And it's like, oh, you're about to win. And then it's like, wait, why the hell did you do that? <laughs> just, exactly right. It's so on brand for Scream. She just doesn't fit. <laughs> She just doesn't, which she is, doesn't so, she fits halfway, which is like, it's like, no, who else in the world can fit halfway through? Depends a on door? which angle you're looking at, both inside and outside, you can see her chest. So like, she fits a different amount of the way through, depending on which angle you're in. <laughs> That's but funny. she does fight back and she does she almost does. get away. And that, that is also, yeah, like Rob said, very screamed to just like have that, that feminist vibe of like fighting back. And one of the most iconic lines in the franchise. Uh, Devin, you do it. Please, Mr. Ghostface, don't kill me. I want to be in the sequel. <laughs> she's so not funny. in the sequel. Because she, she's dead. <laughs> All right, Rob, what's your number two? I, I'm also going with a classic. Obviously, you kind of know the direction I'm going in. I'm going to go with Day of the Dead. George nice. Romero's classic. Very where nice. Where the very nice. colonel, what's his name? He's played by Joseph Polito, who uh, unfortunately, the late Joseph Polito, he died in 2019 at the age mm. of 70. At the end of the film, they kind of give him to the zombies and the zombie horde rips his head off and pulls his guts out of his stomach in just a marvel of like technical genius. It is the epitome of what zombie film gorging should look like. Like that's the bar that all zombie movies should try to surpass or keep themselves at. And most of them utterly fail. I love that scene. Tom Savini is fucking brilliant. Love Tom Savini. <laughs> it just every single time has a new way of showing us what a zombie looks like and a new way of how we can kill a zombie or how they can kill us. <laughs> yeah, it's so cool. They have like an animatronic head and as they pulled it apart, it like the voice gets like higher pitched as they're like ripping his guts out. It's so crazy. Oh, that's how he did yeah. it. <laughs> I actually wasn't sure. I, I think it's an animatronic <laughs> head. Yeah. Are you sure that he didn't just actually kill the guy and then replace the actor with someone else for the next uh, uh, 30 years? Uh, I, I wonder if there's an imposter. Um, it's pretty funny. His IMDb <laughs> page is actually the image of him going to get killed by these fucking zombies, which is so funny. Same with my number two. My number two's IMDb page is also from her death scene. Oh, yeah. Is Why it? would you have anything different? I would too. I would do that. <laughs> Oh, I should do that. I he's also that. in like Pulp Fiction. He has a role. <laughs> you know, he's in a lot of stuff. I want to change my IMDb page to me playing dead in a movie. My movie? I'd, I've done it several times at this point. <laughs> I'll just do all of them. <laughs> oh my God, Devin, are, are you a final girl? I actually guess you're not because you get killed. No, I just have a clause <laughs> in all my contracts that says I must play a dead body in something. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to get cast in a movie like Death at a Funeral where like I'm just the dead body the whole time and I don't actually have to do anything. And they're just like, hey, Rob, show up and sleep. You get paid for every scene. I'm like, okay. <laughs> it's harder than it sounds. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure it is. 
So we're into our final round now. This is like where everything else hit the cutting floor and we had to really struggle for an entire year and a half to decide what our number one (laughs) death scene was. Now, I've had this on my wall next to my computer for like a good year now. So David, I'm extremely with lots of anticipation and a little bit of trepidation wondering what your number one pick is. My number one was actually really easy. Uh, That was the only one that I knew for sure. Everything else, I like made a big list of all these great death scenes and then had to pick them off. I narrowed them down to like 10 or 11 and rewatched them all to decide which to put as my two and three. But my number one, I didn't even bother. I just knew what that was from the beginning. And that is also from Scream, but not the doggy door. It's Drew Barrymore as Casey Becker opening scene. Wow. Yeah, that is a good one to pull. <laughs> <laughs> It always was. It was never going to be anything else. I mean, this is kind of, in, in many ways, this is the scene that started my love of horror. That Just watching it in high school, I was like, hey, this is kind of awesome. <laughs> yeah, this scream's pretty great. I like the uh, the spoof in Scary Movie when he stabs her and the breast implant comes out. <laughs> <laughs> Could you describe the scene for us, David? Yeah, I mean, it's like a 15-minute scene, but it opens up. It's cold open to the movie, phone's ringing, and she starts talking to, to Ghostface on the phone. She doesn't realize it's a killer. She thinks it's a friend pranking her. Starts asking her about her favorite scary movies. And then slowly throughout the scene, it gradually builds this tension where you realize there's something off about this guy, that he's not just a friend. He is some stranger or someone else, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> he's presenting a real threat. He talks about how he can see her, how he wants to know who he's looking at. And just it keeps building, it keeps building. He kills her boyfriend in the backyard at some point. And then finally, as she gets some of the questions right, some of them wrong, he gives her one last one, asks her which door he's standing at. Then he crashes through the door, starts chasing her all around. The chasing is also dragged out. The scene's all about the suspense, just keeps building, keeps building. It's very gradual, but also like inevitable at the same time. It's not slow in any way. But it, it never feels like there's that jarring moment where now it shits hit the fan. It just keeps going. Mm. And then he chases her around at the yard outside. She gets outside, but he chases her. And then as her parents are pulling up the driveway, he grabs her, stabs her in the chest. She strangled her for a bit, so she's not able to call out to her parents. Oh, she does, and then he though. Just gets... she, she, does. Tries, she tries. And it's but it's like, weak. It... It's so weak because she's been stabbed in the in the lungs. Mm. Isn't it because she so was strangled? I, oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. he also yeah. stabs her. It's awful. Oh, and then he just stabs her a bunch. Her mom uh, goes to call the police and hears her daughter dying on the other side of the phone. It's so sad. And then they just go outside and see her hanging from the tree. The last thing she does before she dies is she pulls off Ghostface's mask, but we don't see who it is yet. Mm. Yeah. And hanging by her own like intestines, which is yes. gruesome. Oh. Gruesome. It's so gory. I watch this movie <laughs> once to twice every year. And like as I get older, I'm becoming more and more sensitive to gore. Really? I don't know why. Please help me. It fucking sucks. I hate it. Wow. Every time I watch it, I'm more and more sympathetic towards the parents now. And I'm like, could you imagine having to listen to your teenage daughter die and then the mom going outside and like and seeing that image? Oh, it's so sad. I like how it subverts your expectation because the fact that she gets outside and they're getting home, like you really kind of expect her to like get away on your first viewing of this. And plus it's like Drew Barrymore. 
Like if you watch it today and you don't know what's going to happen and it's Drew Barrymore, you're like, oh, you assume she's going to live. Yeah, that's really that. That was a big thing. I think that they actually asked Drew Barrymore to play the lead. And she was like, can you just kill me off in the opening scene or something? <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> it's brilliant. And they put her front and center on the poster. So everyone went into there thinking she was going to be the lead. I mean, I was young at the time. I didn't really know much about her, so I didn't mm. clock that all. But I also was new to horror, so I just didn't know what to expect in general from a horror movie. Yeah, I was at her studio the other day for some shoot. All right, Devin, what was it? Well, uh, give us your number one. What's, what'd you pick? Oh, man, that was such a good number one. I like that one. Okay, mine, this is probably recency bias, but I had to do it. It was like, you talked about the suspense of your number one. I think this one was like the most suspenseful one, but also the one that I never saw coming and literally gasped and screamed louder than I ever had while watching a horror movie. And that will be the head explosion scene from Scanners. Whoa. Please tell me you guys know this one. Yeah. Yeah. I posted it on. (laughs) I I, I watched it recently. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's brilliant. I I didn't even think of that. I'm I'm surprised I didn't think of that. That's great. Right? Because you don't usually think of it as a kill. And I was like, no, this is the one that like never in a million years when I watched it, never thought his head was going to explode. I I knew somewhere there was a head explosion in the movie. Did not expect it to be in this scene when we're in a fucking classroom setting talking about something completely different. And I don't think anyone, I think it's the first death in the whole entire movie. It might be. It's also, um, it's a technological marvel in that they'll never be able to do something like that again because the way they got it was they actually made like a fake head and shot it with a shotgun. Oh yeah. Definitely can't do that anymore. <laughs> yeah. You're not, well, at least not in the U S um, I mean, you could, any, anything could happen, but not legally. And it worked so well. It re- it, it looks explodes. amazing. Oh man. So yes, that's my number Scanners. one. Most intense, suspenseful, thrilling kill I've seen. I think it's the acting. It's a, uh, it- God, I haven't seen the movie in so long. It's Michael Ironside's character who actually kills him, right? It's not the hero. Yeah, no, it's the villain. And I actually met Michael Ironside on a movie I worked on uh, like six years ago, six, seven years ago now. And I remember telling him that meeting him was mind blowing. <laughs> That's, <good. laughs> That's great. <laughs> and he he was pretty cool. He actually knew what I was going for. And he's like, that was pretty good. I love that. But yeah, that's the thing that makes it so good too, is because you're expecting, your attention is on somebody else during that scene. It's not Uh at all on the guy whose head explodes. Yeah. All right, Rob. I'm so curious what wild and wacky one you went to. I'm excited. What what is your number one? Oh, it it is the wackiest and the wildest and one of the scariest. It's a very jarring scene. It is the uh, my chest is hungry scene from The Thing, 1982, (sighs) when he goes to defib the guy on the table and his arms go (laughs) into his chest and get bitten off. So he dies. And it's kind of a two for one because then our thing monster gets torched and its head comes off and turns into a fucking spider. And the veteran goes, what the flying fuck? And the guy, <laughs> he's got to be fucking killing me. And the, the head spider crawls away. It's a great scene. That's such a good one. Because you don't you don't see it coming at no. all. No, but I should have seen that pick coming. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's the fucking coolest scene ever. It's amazing. And it looks so cool. I, I don't know, because like the depth of the chest opening and the inside, you, you almost feel like it's not a practical effect, but it totally is. Right? It's completely, yeah. yeah. 
it gets me every single time, every time I jump, because I just like am not expecting it to happen. I mean, yeah. And we've talked about the amazing special effects and the practical effects of that movie. And it, mm-hmm. it just plays so well. So well. Yeah, we have a whole episode on all the thing movies, including yes. that one, obviously. <laughs> it includes all the things. That's a good one. Rob Bodden. Rob Botin. Botin. Well, I mean, since we're here, do you guys have any like honorable mentions? I kind of wanted to me- honorably mention the uh, fat girl explodes in Slither, but oh, I kind of feel one. like the effects don't really hold up, but it is just such a disgusting scene. So basically they feed her rotten meat until she becomes a giant tick, like super fat, and then she rips open and explodes and all the slug monsters from Night of the Creeps come out. Well, the other one that I was deciding for my number three is Sheila from Slumber Party Massacre 2, the uh, Let's Buzz scene. So the, the villain in this movie has a drill in his guitar and he like sings and dances like Elvis Presley for some reason. So he's huh. literally just like doing this whole dance down the hallway for uh, two minutes while she's just knocking on, pounding on a door and screaming the entire time until he eventually catches her. <laughs> it's, it's He's... He's so over the top. He's just, it's a great twist on the uh, slasher villain walking slowly toward you because he's literally just dancing the entire time until he gets up to her. <laughs> he's having so much wow. fun. It's I never saw that. I, I should check it out. <laughs> it's a great weapon. Just a fantastic, the fucking guitar screw thing. It's fantastic. I mean, yeah. moment that I saw the cover and read the description, and it is a rock and roll killer with a drill in his guitar. I'm just like, gotta watch this. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I'm sold. Female directed. Gotta love it. Yep. Female yeah. directed. Yeah, I'll, I'll throw out an honorable mention. Three was really hard. I still, I feel like I have like five others that could have gone in that spot. But I think one that I wanted to go with was a horror comedy, um, mm. just because the comedic timing of this is so brilliant. The motorcycle death in Cabin in the Woods. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that mm-hmm. was pretty great. He's like, right? so curve mm-hmm. it. He just flies into a fucking invisible oh wall. You never expect it coming. Yeah. And then he just flies no, into a invisible wall. No, you completely expect it coming. Because <laughs> yeah, they, they you, set it up. But you root for him. <laughs> in the beginning of the movie, when they're going over there, you're like watching this. the birds. That is also amazing. They're going under a tunnel and the camera is following them. But then it starts following this bird. It's majestically flying past. And the bird just slams against an invisible wall, and it's the funniest <laughs> thing ever. So you've already set up that there's this invisible wall there. You're like, it was a hilarious moment. The entire theater burst into laughing. Oh, and yeah. And then they make yeah. this whole dramatic show of how he's going to motorcycle jump over there. And as you're watching this, you just suddenly click, oh, there's a wall there. He doesn't know <laughs> there's a wall there. And you're watching this whole dramatic scene playing out, knowing exactly where it's going. And it goes exactly where you think it's going. And it's perfect. It's perfect. And then they really, and then they like live in it. They're like, we hit the wall and then we're going to watch him fall down this wall. And it like sparks up every single time he hits the side. And you're like, oh, oh, oh. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He hits that wall really hard. So bad. But yes, we will be sharing the rest of our top eight on social media. So if you follow us on Instagram, uh, look out for best kills, close cuts, and you'll be able to see our top eight kills that we did not discuss today. Mm, Indeed. Yeah. Well, and before we get going, I would like to mention that in our May release, it will be our one year anniversary as a podcast. Yeah. 
Woo! <laughs> yes. Yeah. So look out for that. We're going to have something special for you guys. Wow. Can't believe wow. we've been doing this for a year, guys. Yeah. What am I doing with my life? <laughs> How many movies have we covered now? We've done like 50 movies or something. It's been oh, crazy. I had it at one point. Let's, yeah. We'll yeah. count. We'll do it. We'll count. We'll, we'll count. count. All right, guys. Well, that's it for this week. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. What's your favorite scary movie kill? Ha, ha, ha.